Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You hit the spot. The place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp, and the responses are never dull. Put your thinking caps on, because the conversation starts now. Welcome to On the Edge with April Mahoney Brains. You know where you at. You at the Spizzot, right? The place where the conversation is pointed, the guests are sharp. There she is. The responses are never dull. We have today Dr. Heather Lewis. She's a, a transplant from San Diego. That's what I say. I'm going to make you own it. And now she's in Maryland doing great work. She is a uh, Department of Navy veteran. She wore the Marine Corps uniform, but it's really a Department of the Navy. But now she is a primary care physi- physician. And uh, she's working on preventive medicine. She's going to talk to us about women, Black women and healthcare, some of the advantages, some of the disadvantages, and the nonprofit that she is looking to develop, and a very unique business model. So let's welcome her to the edge. Can I call you Dr. Heather, Dr. Lewis? How do you like to be addressed, Queen? I love to be called Doc Heather or Doc, you know? All right. All right. You deserve all that. So I'm going to call you Doc Heather. I appreciate that. Yes, thank you. All right. Tell us how you show up in the world. Well, you know what? Personable. That's how I show up. Like, that's one of the biggest things. Yes, thank you for the respect. I did do the work. I put in a lot of time. I have to tell people sometimes that I have so many college degrees. I match college just like I did secondary school. So I appreciate that honor and respect. But I also want them to know that I'm like the neighborhood doctor. You can approach me and say, hey, doc, doc, this is going on. What's happening? And that's how I show up today. Um, I'm thankful for my military career. It got me around the world. It got me to see a lot of things, a lot of different cultures, and how we approach healthcare and how we uh, could do it a little differently here in the United States. So I'm also thankful that right now I'm able to do that. I'm able to offer some differences, some uh, specifics to a specific population too. And like you mentioned, the Black women, but I actually say Black, Brown, and Indigenous women, because I think there's a great need for those particular communities right now. It is, you know, and I'm hearing just in one particular area that um, infant mortality rate and Black women are dying uh, in giving childbirth in record numbers. What's up with that? I I don't know that they're not getting the same level of care. Are they, you know, putting something in the water? Why are we targeted? Why are we suffering so? So, you know, the sadness of it is, is that that's key. There is scientific proof that this population, Black, Brown, Indigenous women, are not getting the same care. Unfortunately, we are showing up invisible, inaudible, okay? We're not being heard. We're going in. We're not being believed. We're being told, ladies, listen to your bodies. I understand that. You know, like I said, thankfully, yes, I've gotten the very official training um, from the traditional allopathic schools, things like that. These are things that I go into details about. But Ultimately, just knowing that, yes, I got the traditional training, but I also now, because of life experience, know how valuable it is to be holistic, right? Mm -hmm. That means that I get to come in and I say, hey, April, if you tell me something hurts, I'm going to trust you that you know your body so much better than I do. Now, I may be able to support that with a test, you know, with a probe or, you know, some kind of exam, but ultimately that's what I, you know, and educating and advocating more and more of, and unfortunately, the black and brown community 
just doesn't get that respect when they get into the healthcare system. It's a system problem. So ultimately that's the answer. Problem, but also it's, it's taking charge, being your yes. own advocate. Yes. Again, that's like me. When I was going through the high flashes, girl, please. I was like, oh, well here, we can just give you, you know, this and that. Now I said, well, wait a minute, let, let me assess what's going on first. What are the triggers? I started keeping a food journal. I started timing myself, I, seeing what the signs and symptoms was. I knocked out 50% of that myself. And but that's, I'm oh, sorry. I had, the, I had the information that I could take to my healthcare provider. You got 15, 20 minutes to assess mm -hmm. all my aches and pains and qualms. So you need to also be able to do that. Now, and on the flip side of that, some people will go to Google, girl, and come in and tell you and diagnose it themselves. It's a double-edged sword, but we really need to be more proactive. We know what is the, the stressors of diabetes, heart disease. Uh, those are two biggest killers in the brown and, and black community, but we still not exercising. We're still not doing the things that we need to do. So we got to show up. That's true. And I'm telling you, Google MD, they ain't got nothing on me. All right, look, <laughs> let me tell you, okay? So yes, I do believe that. And I'm glad that you are able to do that. Like you said, you were able to do some research. You were able to do some things for yourself. But a lot of people just don't know what they don't know. Um, that's a little plug. I have a little gift, hopefully, that you can share with the audience um, that they can connect to. It's just a little quick survey that just gives them a little bit of a something that says, hey, I understand I'm the one who went and studied this, this system. I'm the one who, you know, understands medicine and I'm here to explain that to you. And unfortunately, the way the system is right now, we don't get a lot of time with you. Um, I may be able to get a lot of time with my particular clients, but I want to be able to give back to everybody at this moment. And one of those things is if you don't know what to ask, you really just don't know how to advocate for yourself. So some of the basic things I do is provide some simple tools of what you can do that will help your experience overall. I don't care what provider, what medical doctor, what whoever you see, you take these couple of tools that I've created, you take it in, that will make a difference in just your 10 to 15 minutes that you have in front of that provider. All right, so, so I get that. definitely promote that. Um, right. Take advantage of it. Like I said, you got a, a doctor that's uh, telling you what to do. Yeah. So talk about holistic. Yes. All right. People have to understand too that that is a process. That's a lifestyle. You can't just turn around and take, you know, herbs for this, herbs for that, smoke a joint for this, and think that you're going to be cured. This is a lifestyle. You got to eat a certain way. You got to exercise a certain way. Those herbs have to be second nature in your body. People think that they can do it. And you have to be careful because, you know, you don't know what cocktail the doctor's giving this person versus what they're trying to do holistically on the other side. You got to communicate. What, what, where do you fall into that place called holistic? I feel like you're like, you, you're putting it out there for me. You're promoting for me. So one of the tools that I created is that just that. It's a document that actually tracks all those things. So I want you to have one sheet of paper if you can. Some people cannot, but most of us can. On one sheet of paper saying, hey, all of the things that you're prescribed to take, whether you're taking it or not, that's another conversation but prescribed to take and anything that you're taking over the counter, anything that you said, hey, grandma used to tell me because I got folks in the deep south, you know, um, hey, this is what I think would do well for me to do this. It's an ointment because it could be something that you're not consuming, but you're still putting on your body that I would like to know about that. Okay. And um, the biggest thing is holistic for me is that there's other options. That's the other thing. I don't necessarily need to give you a pill to fix whatever it is. 
Maybe there's acupuncture. Maybe there's yoga. Maybe it's just me sitting you down and saying, guess what? You got to go watch a three-hour movie to just get you to laugh. How about that one? That's the kind of stuff. Right. I can write you a prescription for that. Right. You know, right. you heard about that one? But so, you said, wait, but you said something very, very pivotal. You said whether you're taking it or not. And I have, to, I have to attest to that. Okay, because I have been prescribed something and no, I have not taken it. And yes. my mother goes, what in the world did you go for if you're not taking it? Because yeah. of the adverse side effects. Mm -hmm. And one of them I was taking, girl, it was brutal. It was disrespectful. I think, okay. I, talked to you about, I, think I talked to you about that offline. You did. And yeah. I was like, no. Yeah. But what I did was I went back and said, you know, let me, you got some options. They said, well, we didn't provide you option number two because it's expensive. Oh, mm -hmm. so you're going to kill me on the cheap. Mm -hmm. It doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And I, that's the first thing I do is ask the pharmacist, what are the side effects? What do I need to look for? I just had another guest on my show that has independent pharmacies and she's mm -hmm. holistic. And I dig that because she's got the time to see how this cocktail really mixes. Are there other things that you might be allergic to? Do these two not go together? You know, you go to the big box stores, you drop off your prescription. A lot of times they don't have the time or you're seeing a no disrespect, but I'm not a big fan of PAs. Mm -hmm. you know or what is it yeah physician uh, no, assistant yeah physician yeah. assistant that that's mm -hmm. you know again they're qualified they do a lot of things but it's just something about that dr in front of your name and that md at the back of your name yes. that leads credence and less margin of error all right okay. so let's talk to the person that's not taking their medication all right they're doing a lot of damage to themselves you know you take it then you don't take it then tell us what's what's going on with that so first of all, I want to acknowledge that if there's a diagnosis that somebody felt that there's a need to take a medication, that's what I really want you to understand. It is probably the long-term effects or the effects of that disease or diagnosis being untreated, okay? Like high blood pressure, diabetes. Maybe in the direct moment, you don't feel a pain, you don't feel an issue, but it's the unfortunate over time effects okay so understand that we're not just pushing pills to be pushing pills it really is a reason why we want to get that under control now some medications like an antibiotic if you start taking an antibiotic and you're like oh i start feeling better you know the symptoms go away but then you stop it a couple things can happen number one you can have a bounce back of those symptoms because you didn't really cure the infection we give you five days of treatment because we have already done the studies they have already you know figured this out that in order to really kill that bug it needs to be a complete five days of treatment that's number one number two if you don't complete a certain medication it can also be a factor that the next time you have something like this the medication won't work right? You become resistant to it. So there's multiple reasons why it's not just pushing a pill. Um, you mentioned too about just the cost of things. You know, there's so many things out there now. There's generic, there's these different pharmaceutical brands. And I know, I, like I said, it's not a perfect system. I, I'm not- You know what, I'm going to tell you, this, this, this breaks my heart, okay? Yeah. A couple things happen really quickly. Uh, I go into the pharmacy. There's a sweet grandma there, couldn't afford her medication. Mm -hmm. Oh, well, can I just have two or three to get me through mm -hmm. the week? Mm -hmm. what, what, what's going to happen next week? Mm -hmm. I was going to pay for the whole medication, but then I said, okay, mm -hmm. then how is she going to handle it the next time? Okay, yeah. I get that. That's the biggest drawback and killing to getting old is that you can't pay for your medication. Yeah. Second thing is this, this generic. Mm -hmm. Girl, 
it makes me mad. You get in, you see one thing, and then you come home, you open it up, and it's made by, I don't know, somebody that you don't know. The pill don't look. I don't know if it's the same. The genetic, the generics, they should let you know that this is generic versus brand. Okay. What, what's 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 the deal with that? Because I think that the generics are, you know, it's a different pill. Am it, I it, assuming? It could be, yes. No, you're not assuming. It is a slightly different pill. And usually it's just the additives, the things that hold the pill together that make it a generic version of it. Um, let's say, for example, you know, something big name, like, I hate to say it, like, because there's no backing on this. I want to put that out there. But let's say like Tylenol. Right. The, the, that's a brand name, Tylenol. You go, you want to buy it like Nike. You want to buy that that name but acetaminophen is the generic drug okay and there's you know you can buy whatever drugstore's version of acetaminophen which is the same medication what happens is they may change one thing that keeps that pill whole that makes it a different formula but the ultimate main ingredients should be the exact same Okay, for it to be classified as that drug, if that makes sense. So, so technically, it's just like, like I say, it's it's like you going to pay for that swoosh, <laughs> and you know, but you get another shoe. It's a, it's still a shoe, and you know what I'm saying. It just doesn't have a swoosh on it. But, yeah, you know, some, but kinda, <laughs> and they both was made in China. <laughs> exactly, it came off the same line, but right, they right, right, on right, the other one so technically it should it should still work and be just as effective um and usually that's what helps people out and for that grandma you know i would say honestly let me give this one insider tip if i can try public health departments public health departments are pretty much located everywhere you usually have county level you can have state level so those are places where those who may not be able to afford it for whatever reasons they get to figure that out can maybe help you assist you with medications and with your health care. Okay. Cause we not, I mean, realistically, we're not trying to help have people just out here dying. Okay. So, well, you know, there I, are I, I say what, I say with respect, healthy people ain't big business. True. That is true. That's, I, it's not a, it's I, not a bit. I, I, I wouldn't have a job necessarily as I, well as I do. You're right. And I respect and, and honor the work that you do. Absolutely. It's not sloppy seconds. But again, people know that there are alternatives, but also be your own advocate. Let's talk about being your own advocate for mental health. Yes. Because, uh, you know, that's that's a struggle too. And that mm -hmm. is a scar and a wound that we can't see outwardly. But it destroys you and destroys your mind, uh, your way with all, your bandwidth, your finances, your family, your self-respect, your dignity. Um, tell us a little bit about some experiences that you've had with some, you know, with some people that just ain't been all there. <laughs> so I think, I think we mentioned, right. That I'm a veteran. Okay. So, I mean, there's so many layers to that one specifically. Thank you for acknowledging that. Um, that is one of my subspecialties is the invisible pain. The invisible pain is the one I can't necessarily put a test to, a blood test to, or, you know, some kind of physical test to test. To. I truly have to hear you 
and understand what's going on with you to know that that invisible pain is there. And I need you to come forward. That's a big one. I'm all about people, especially women, not suffering in silence, not suffering in social isolation. I really need that to not happen. Okay. So when, 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 when we talk about mental health, um, it's something that is near and dear to my heart. And there's a military experience, right? There are people who transition a lot like myself. And here's a big one. And I think maybe we're getting to this is that there's toxic folks in the world, right? What? Yes. You heard that saying, um, hurt people, hurt people. Well, I have unfortunately become an expert ah, in that kind of era. Um, I have realized in the last few years of my own personal development and professional development that I am well aware of what they call narcissism. Mm. Okay. Okay, doctor, give us a definition of narcissism because people toss that around. That's a big $25 word. They toss it around like a salad. So let me make sure I tell you first, my disclaimer, I'm not here to make anybody wrong. All right. Okay. So what I do is I work with those who have been affected by narcissists and the narcissist is pretty in, in the simplest and safest form is a person who usually is emotionally traumatized at a very young age, somewhere between seven and 10 years old, male or female. Okay. Typically it does tend to be more males than it is females in the statistical numbers, but those who are emotionally traumatized with the emotions are withheld from them. They are emotionally targeted and, and de demonized. Um, just basically anybody just, like I said, just emotionally stunted, right? And so at that point, they become stunted in their growth. They, they develop a, a self-preservation mindset and lifestyle. From that point on, their whole goal is to what is to keep them safe and what is to keep them in their best. Now, what happens, and we can get into some specifics, you got questions, but what happens is anybody they come in, in, in contact with from that point on, it's like basically they come into the room, they suck all the energy out, they it's, throw the bomb, create chaos, and then walk away. And you're just left with pieces. That's usually how the, the person who's a non-narcissist, the one who's like myself, an empath, a deep sensor, a deep emotional feeler, is like, wait, wh what just happened? And unfortunately, me being a physician, um, there was a moment in my life where I, out of many things, became weak and I was trying my best to fix. I wanted to, to heal everybody. And it, it, it like almost took my life. Really. Also does not accept responsibility for a cotton picking thing. Oh no, it's not me, it's you. <laughs> and they can, they can put the Spengali on you. Yeah, it's called they, gaslighting. Yeah. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And set you uh, but a flame. I had a brother. God rest his soul. Okay. He did that, but girl, he got a mix with that liquid courage. Mm -hmm. And he was the devil incarnate. Yeah. It, it was it was brutal. How does a person start to recover? Okay, because you get into a situation and you really don't want to label anybody. You don't want to say, oh, you know, my husband is this or my wife is this, because there's women this, you know. Absolutely. Yes. This as well. I said, you don't want to label one versus the other. 
but you're seeing a certain pattern. You're seeing something that's going on and you know that it don't feel right. You're having a conversation and it's like, you know, watching paint dry. Ain't nothing right. All of this over and over and over again. And then one day you're shattered. You know, like you said, you just look down and there's a million splendid pieces down there. Yep. How do you start to uh, recover? How do you try to get yourself back? Because you can't change that individual. Correct. That is huge. So, you know, one of the biggest things that I see as a commonality is we are generous hearts. And I'm going to say it, we're people pleasers. We want everybody to love us, like us, you know, be in peace, be happy. And guess what? Everybody's not going to be. That's the, that's the thing. So it's kind of acknowledgement is number one, acknowledge that you are not happy and you want something different. I created a program actually that was coming out of that's made for more. Okay. So if you ever get that feeling, that gut intuition, like, you know what, there's gotta be more to my life than this, then it probably is. So that's number one, acknowledging it, then accepting that that person across from you that you're looking at. Cause I said it, I've, I've said it many a times in my, in my different lectures and speaking engagements and things that it was in my bloodline, my, my bedroom, my professional life and in my social personal life. Mm -hmm. So that means I, I was surrounded by it. So acknowledging that, you know what, this isn't a good person for me. You understand? So it's one that I had to understand. Uh, I gotta, there's got to be more from my life than this. And then second, that the people around me didn't make me feel good. Didn't help me feel good. Okay. And that's a big step because like I said, I, I was a people pleaser. I wanted everybody to be at peace. wanted to be happy. Wanted them to like me. Wanted them to, you know what I mean? Like, Hey, you know, I'll, I'll just, I'll I'm sacrifice. Together and you will like me. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. And I mean, and, and, and part of it is, like I said, I consider myself a healer. Right. So I'm like, let me give you a hug. It's going to be OK. But everybody is not going to be OK because some people choose to. Some people are unable to. And I that was a tough one for me to, to, to swallow. Like, what do you mean they're not able to? Well, when they're emotionally stunted, they need a lot of work. And um, that's not my field. My field is to work with those who they left in pieces. Right. And put them back together. Okay. Put them back together. Where do you, where, where do you start? Where do you, okay. So you say acknowledge. That's one. Yeah. Then you got to move on. Okay. And the big one is, is like I said, is realizing, you know what? You, you Most people, and I want you all to ask yourself, why are you listening to this? Why are you watching this? What do you want? Right. Hmm. And I get this question. Like when I ask people, they're like, well, what do you mean, doc? What do I want? Like right now? What do I want in life? What do I want in career? Period. What do you want? So that could be all of those things. What do you want right now? What do you want in life? What do you want your career? And once you get clear on those things, it's okay to want. Don't feel guilty for wanting, right? So once you have some awareness of your wants, wants, I'm just saying wants, not even needs. We're just talking about wants. Then you do some assessments of, are the people around me encouraging, supporting, building me up, helping me get to my wants, meeting, matching, providing my wants? Right, right. Well, hell, you need a crane because I got a whole lot of wants. But I can <laughs> say this. I can say this. And my, and my every desire has been fulfilled for 39 years. 
Right. I've been married to Mr. Magnificent, and I All adore right. the breeze that keeps that brother cool. Yes, I do. Amen. All right. But what I've always done, and I've made it very clear that I keep some in reserve for me. Yes. Okay. Because folks change their mind. Mm -hmm. He's Mr. Magnificent today, and then he's Mr. Mischief tomorrow. <laughs> you you never know. Yeah. So I always tried to stay grounded. You know, I told him the other day I got to get a hold of myself because I am sprung, you know. Okay. All right. I love <laughs> I, it. I love I, it. But along those same lines, I love him enough to set him free if I have to let him go. If this ain't working, you know, if it, if you ain't feeling it, I don't want nobody that don't want me. And see, that's what you have to understand, individuals. I can't just say women, men too. When you Correct. realize that somebody ain't feeling you and they don't want you, you can't make them want you. You want to free up that capacity and that space for somebody that's coming your way that's going to enjoy you, that's going to honor you, that's going to trust you, if it ain't nothing but you. Absolutely. And loving you. You have to figure that out. And you cannot give what you don't know uh, what it is. I talked to a family member and they told me they didn't know what love was. And it broke my heart because I was pouring mm -hmm. it into them over time. At least mm -hmm. I thought it was. They don't know how to receive it. They don't know how to process it. But that's mm -hmm. not my fault. They got to do the work. But in, the, in, in between time, I'm not going to uh, be subjected to no abuse till you figure out to what you got to do. And then you got kids. These kids are looking at what you are doing. People say, oh, well, you know, don't talk in front of the kids. You screaming mm -hmm. and howling and shouting and that kid is in the other room. They hear everything that's going on. Then when mama's not here, they hear what daddy's doing. Daddy's not here, they hear what mama's doing. And then you got to try to be the buffer because we talk about epigenetics, generational trauma. Absolutely. That goes from one to the other, to the other. So what do we do? Where where do we begin to, um, you know, set a new path? Because that's scary, Doc Heather. It that's is. scary when you wake up and you say, wow, I'm alone. I still love this person. I've got a child with them. I've got to start my life all over again. You're waking up, you know, to a new person and you don't know how to identify with that. That's traumatic. So, you know, if, if people are keeping track, I would just say that that was number three and I don't want to skip it. Number three was to be willing to release those things that are not working for you. Okay. And that includes people. Sometimes it's, it's best when you've heard those statements, those old adages that say, you know, I'm better off by myself. You sometimes are, and it can be temporary. That's what I want to tell you. It's temporary. Get yourself healed. Be by yourself for the moment to heal yourself. Heal those wounds, even those generational wounds, because unfortunately it is usually very generational. Toxicity gets passed along so easily. And we have proven it scientifically that even just any other mental illnesses get you know passed along. Depression, anxiety, addictions, like you talked about, alcoholism, drugs. I mean, those are things that do get passed along genetically. So the thing is, take your time. Take your moment to get yourself better. Think about it like, like April said, if you're coming, and I want to acknowledge this, brains, this is deep stuff. This is what Doc Heather does. I go deep. If you cannot take care of yourself, how the world are you going to do it for anybody else? That means that loved one, the one that you are so in love with, you can't really be no benefit to them. If you're not filled and doing for yourself, if you're evaporating, okay, hear what I'm saying now. But if you're evaporating, because I haven't even talked about the depletion that looks like depression that could lead to death, mm. right? 
if you're evaporating and, and and let me give you a little context of that that means if you're you're not really knowing who you are you you don't know when you're coming you're going like I said, you in pieces, how can you be a benefit to anybody else? But let me tell you something, those children, those young people, they are in need of you. They're absorbing what you are teaching them. So many of us, that's another way it's passed along generational. We live what we learn. And it's not directly what I told you, it's what I saw, what I witnessed and what I lived through and felt. Right. Right. right? And I'm all about affection. So when you say you, Mr., you know, you loving on Mr. Magnificent, love it, love, love it. Show that person some love, hugs, kisses. I think as a world, as human beings, we need to see more affection. We don't see that really. We don't see people holding hands, kissing. You know, I'm not saying you got to slob them down, take your bedroom outside. No, but just- No, you can't do that. <laughs> no, hey, but- in some countries, I guess. Yeah, but- you know, the thing is basic appreciation. I think that's yes. the biggest turn on yeah. uh, that I have with him. Number one, he got a, he got a smooth conversation. He got a Mac. I but love beyond it. that, it is the thank you. Mm-hmm. I cook dinner. That's just what I'm supposed to do. He said, baby, thank you for cooking dinner. All right. I went out there and cut the grass. He said, oh, wow. Thank you, baby, for cutting the grass. I, I, you know, I was dreading that. No, you don't have to do that. You know, the, it's just a, a thank you. I appreciate you. I acknowledge you. You know, I'd be looking like the cash drug me and he said, you sure looking sexy. Lie to me. (laughs) But but it's a stroking of the ego and the ego needs to be fed. People always put um, an ego as something negative, but it's not. It's the gateway to the soul. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. so you have to know how to manage it. You know how to love it. You know how to position it. But you also have to watch other people. I work with an ego coach. I'm going to turn you on to her when we get off this. She's she's bad. She's just way out. Uh, and so she's taught me how to go into a room. And I surveyed. Well, you're a doctor. You can do it. Survey the entire room. Boardroom. I know exactly what people need. And if somebody needs to hold court, go ahead and hold court. Somebody need extra attention. Somebody's introverted. Whatever it is. Again, it's, it's appreciation. It's the little things. Who's, who sang that song? It's the little things. Was that Indy Irie? You know, I don't know, but she's a good one. That's so old. Yeah, that yeah, yeah. Well, we got, I'm going to have to play that later on. But it is, it, it's that. And children look at that. You Opening the door for somebody. Uh, again, saying thank you. Um, just that connection. And I've noticed. I, I would like to say, because I there is a bit of lack of acknowledgement. I can say that. Um, and you were speaking about just, you know, acknowledging appreciation verbally um giving somebody praise or compliment you know simple things you know it doesn't have to be big they don't have to do something grand dios just hey thank you for opening the door for me today you know i appreciate that every once in a while we want to hear that and and hopefully it's being reciprocated i think that's a word you also said something earlier about receiving it's so sad that i've done this human studies and notices that people don't know how to receive receive positivity they don't. No, Look, because the negativity that they do not know how to receive. You tell some a sister, oh girl, you know, um, you, that dress is the bomb. Girl, this old thing, I'm, uh, I, you know, I just get put it out the back of my closet instead of saying thank you and being gracious. You, they don't know how they're. No, but it's how you process. That's a whole lot of stuff. Yes. And like we mentioned, so we said, you know, like I said, three is being willing to maybe cut somebody out. I think four is a big chunk of is that 
they're going to do the self-work and that's the healing, you know, do the self-work to reflect, figure out what you're wanting and then going forward from there. And there's, there's, there's layers to that, right? Cause we get to create support systems. People don't know what that is. You said somebody earlier, your family member didn't know what love was. So I just want to do a plug. I do, again, I'm not going to necessarily put the name out there specifically, but I do it a little quick assessment. It's a very quick questionnaire that can just give you what way do you speak love? What way do you receive love? That's important. It's something we can all take very quickly and apply it to any particular relationship that we're in. So we can know if we appreciate words of affirmation or if we appreciate acts of kindness, you know, do something for me or if we appreciate gifts or we appreciate, you know, like the touch and quality time we had talked about, things like that. Those are out there so you can, so you're not lost. I mean, these are not new concepts. The unfortunate part is a lot of times, hey, this is what I'm going to say, brains, we're not having a conversation about it. Nah. Well, so, it's a love language and people don't know how to speak it. It's correct. like speaking Greek. They they yes. don't get it. So let me ask you some fun stuff because we don't okay. went hard and heavy. Yes. You, pro- you process a lot. Everything from mental, emotional to damn bacteria. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know how y'all doctors go in there with that room. That hand washer just don't seem like enough for me. You going in and out of all kinds of stuff. But what do you do for yourself for self-care? How do you just take it down, decompress, not with the kid, not with anything else, but how do you clear your reservoir so that you are a clear conduit for other people to travel through? Because that's important. Oh, yes. I love it. So I do a lot of walking and I have lots of bodies of water near me because I am a mermaid on land. Let me tell you, Navy veteran here. So um, ultimately, I get to walk to the water. Um, I get to see it outside my backyard kind of thing. So I love to just take it, sit, you know, sometimes I just have to sit by the fire, looking at the water. I write a lot. I journal. I encourage other people to do the same. Get your, get your feelings, your emotions, your thoughts out, um, whether it be verbally or by handwriting. Um, it could even be recording, you know, sometimes that can, that can help. So that's one of the things I do. And really what I love to do is interact with people sometimes. Sometimes I just got to get out and be social and, you know, find out what other people are doing and laugh and just fellowship. That yeah. really does fill my cup up. I saw a couple of your videos that you take us on a oh. walking tour with us. And I yeah. love it, you know, and it's, you feel very relaxed and it's very serene where you are. It's very pleasant. Thank you. You were an appliance in the kitchen. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. What appliance would you be? The oven. I am, look, heat is in my name, all right? I got to warm you up, like, oh, that's a good one. I, I'll be in the refrigerator, because I need to chill. I need oh, to chill. See? <laughs> see, that's good stuff. I have never been asked that, but that's a good one. That, that's just automatic. Heat is in my name. I got to warm you up, keep you cooking. You oh. know, I feel like I'm always doing that. So, yeah, I think the oven. All right. Some people may sell you the stove. I don't know. It depends on what part of the world you're from, I guess. I know. When I hear your voice, you remind me of a, a, a dear friend of mine, Queen Latifah. Oh. I hear that. I hear that resonation. I hear that strength uh, in your voice. If you were a celebrity, Mm-mm. you know, who would you trade places with? Me? No. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> who says I'm not a celebrity? That's, that's right. You are a celebrity. <laughs> um, you know, I think somebody who... I really want to meet and have yet to, but I do have it on my, you know, really desire vision board too, is Michelle Obama. 
um, former first lady. Uh, I think that her poise is just perfect. You know, I think that she has endured such a significant thing in life that many don't. And like I said, I've gone through a lot of transitions and she's gone through a very unique one herself, um, being first lady and that she has her own, if that makes sense, you know what I mean? And, and being a mom, being a wife, I would just love to just sit down. And I don't think just, that, I don't think that the partner is intimidated by that. Correct. But, in, but encourages it. But you know what? I, I will say this with love. Uh, he treads lightly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. He don't play. He knows. He, he, he knows exactly. But there's a duality there. They know where the where the lines and, and where the boundaries yeah. are. Yeah. If you were a car, what car would you be? Mm, right now, Maserati, custom made, hand stitched. Girl, yeah. You know what I'd be? I'd be a 1965 VW van. Oh, okay. Yes, honey, with the flowers on the outside and a mattress in the back. <laughs> uh, I love it. I love it. I would be something old and classic and nostalgic. Got it. If you had three wishes, anything, mm. you know, they don't have to be philosophical. They don't have to save the world, all that. What are three things that you would want? I do want people to, I want more people healed. So that I want to counteract that whole hurt people, hurt people. I want to really have more healed people, period, in life. Like just more people knowing that they are loved. Um, one of the things I do is usually close out by saying, I love you on purpose because so many people choose to hate for no reason. Well, I love you on purpose. And I truly mean that. Um, that's number one. Number two, I want to be able to provide, you know, there's something that I really, really want to do for my parents. And that is like literally renovate their entire home. Um, they're close to 80. I'm blessed to still have them around and together and um, just really want to honor them. That would be like a second wish. And then I think third, if I can only have three, if I can't extend it anymore, it's just to make sure that my legacy lives on, particularly in my children, um, that they're healthy and wealthy and they're doing well. Well, you know, and, and that could be my surrogates because I do have a lot of them. So yeah. <laughs> that's right. That's a big ask. So um, tell me a little bit about your non-for-profit that you are establishing and the unique business model behind that. All right. Thank you for asking. So it's already in prototype right now. It is it, it's it has multiple layers. But I say right now what we're working on is creating that um, basically improving increasing the number of black and brown women in healthcare, okay, in the healthcare positions from entry level all the way to the executive doctoral level, um, just giving them mentorship, guidance, coaching around all the processes, what it looks like to go into the healthcare field, how it is to do applications into the different um, programs, uh, maybe even just what it looks like mentally to be supported because like me, I'm a first generation medical physician, medical doctor. So, you know, a lot of them don't have access to that such thing. And basically that's something I'm already providing. So the poor, the non-for-profit is basically getting some corporation pharmaceutical companies that we were talking about earlier and different things to support that, you know, to say, Hey, we do want to invest in diversity, you know, inclusion, right. In equity for all. So I'm just focusing on a small group for right now, but as we build out, hey, the world is ours. And it may be even including military spouses. That's another group of people that I want to employ um, as well as empower and develop. 
and, and military uh, female veterans because there's a huge gaping hole there, you know. Mm -hmm. And and this is, you know, this is my thing. Okay, you're a soldier when you put on that uniform. It doesn't matter if you're male or female. Well, when you come back, it's a big difference yes. because the post traumatic stress that a female deals with coming back with kids and husband and all that kind of stuff is a lot different than a man's. Sure. And so what I'm seeing just from the veterans that I talk to, that I interact with here in San Diego, California, is that there is a need there. There's a need to have a different conversation or maybe an, an additional conversation. How about that? Yeah. Um, because you don't want to separate from the work that you've done, but there's, there's a lot there that is different. Um, so tell my brains how to get in contact with you, Doc Heather. I could talk to you like forever. We're gonna end up being besties. I'm telling you right here on the on the edge brains. I'm already enamored with her, so I'm gonna be tapping into her DM, talking to her, following her, watching her, and I want you to do the same thing because she's gonna give it to you 110. percent Well, I appreciate you, and I'm blessed and honored to be on your show. I'm blessed and honored to just be here. Thank you for that. And I will say, hey, look, I made it simple. Doc Heather, D O C H E A T H E R, on most 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 social media sites as Facebook, uh, Instagram, and LinkedIn. So I think I provided my LinkedIn, and I also gave, like I said, a quick just giveaway that you know I'm hoping all the audience can just take a few moments, fill it out for me, get back with me. I really would love to hear from a few of you. I would love to just, you know, gift at least three women, 20 minutes with me, please come ask me any question, all questions you may have um, access, easy access. That's one of the biggest things that I emphasize. Um, again, I'm a concierge primary care physician for entrepreneurial women who's working on just giving access and developing the black and brown indigenous women to all things healthcare. So if that if you didn't hear it, rewind and listen to it again. Uh, uh, oh, I just want to put it. that out there. Yes, yeah. They're um, going to do it. Okay. Yes, you know, like, yes. uh, I love her so much. We're going to do a special offering, uh, but I'm going to post it. So I'm going to see how many of you guys pay attention to the posting. But this is going to be an opportunity to win something really nice from on the edge. You know, I don't do nothing sloppy seconds. I don't like nothing cheap. Okay. I don't like nothing uh, that is just not good. I like to give you A1 quality. That's why I bring people like Doc Heather here. Brains, I need you to go in, like, love, share, and subscribe. Again, like, love, share, and subscribe. Share this with a friend. Uh, go in and take the survey. And I tell you this for a couple reasons. Not only that it will benefit you, but it's also going to benefit her because she needs to know what areas to target. She needs to know where to niche down. She needs to be able to ask the the questions and get the answers to the information that you want to know. It's not about her. She's already got her doctor's degree. <laughs> but what we want to do is we definitely want to um, give you the best resources that we can, teach you how to advocate for yourself, teach you how to ask the right questions um, and not be afraid. You know, if you're looking for a doctor in a certain ethnicity or certain gender, Go for that, but at least you know how to tick the boxes. So thank you so much, Doc Heather. You are the queen of everything right now. All right. Love you and hold you in the highest regard. I'll talk to you again soon. All right. Bye, brains. <laughs>